I said, tank, tank. I said, tank, tank, tank. Me out. To the ball. Gang. Take. I said, take, take. Me out with the crowd. Now buy me some peanuts. Buy me some peanuts. Buy me. Buy me. Buy me. Buy me. Buy me. Buy me. Yes, welcome yes once again to the Black Guys Like Baseball Two podcast with myself out of Baltimore, Maryland, Terrence, your co-host. And my other co-host, we got Brian out of Cincinnati. And we are providing a safe space for black baseball fans because we know there aren't many. And there actually aren't many spaces you can be in, period, right now. Um, So (laughs) thank you for uh, taking the time to listen to us and our episodes. LeBron, what's been going on this week, man? Oh, man, you know, some uh, decent weather, you know, perfect weather for baseball. But unfortunately, everybody has to stay home and quarantine. So, you know, uh, we're just chilling at the house right now. All right. So, again, you know, we have a light show because obviously no sports going on. (laughs) So there's no news, no games, no updates, no surprises. None of the the great stuff that uh, baseball typically brings us. And uh, we were talking a little bit before the podcast and, Obviously, this is outside the realm of baseball, but the whole sports community is awaiting the uh, Michael Jordan documentary on ESPN. Actually, found it's going to be on Netflix as well, um, The Last Dance. So, what are you looking looking forward to out of that, you know, documentary, Brian? You know, I uh, I'm definitely looking forward to. It. I think like all sports fans, like you said, especially since there's nothing on TV. Um, are looking forward to that. Um, I'm just, I don't know how deep they're going to dig into this. So uh, what I mean by that is, you know, most people are speculating that, you know, the reason why Jordan left and to play baseball and all that, not because he was bored and wasn't challenged, like, you know, the the, the, the story has been written, but more or less that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he was suspended and kind of kicked out of basketball <laughs> for like allegedly gam- gambling, we'll just say. So um, I don't know if they're going to shed light on that or or, or whatnot. Um, so I, I'll be interested to see what they what they really show us. Yeah, and that's an interesting point you bring. I didn't even think about that with the whole gambling thing. How he got kind of hot for that and then dipped off to play baseball real quick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see like how much access you know Michael Jordan actually gave you know the filmmakers because he's pretty like closed off. Outside right. of you know basketball itself, so it'll be interesting to see if they just focus on the actual season itself, or if they'll if he'll give them like a sneak peek into like his life and stuff like that. Because if I'm not mistaken, like that around the time he was going through his divorce as well, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about that. Yeah, but I can't remember. Yeah, for some reason those two events kind of run together in my mind. So it'll be interesting to see. I I, I think the funny thing is. Uh, when, you know, the online petition, so to speak, started from sports fans for ESPN to kind of push it up because of the uh, no sports going on. And ESPN was like, um, yeah, it's kind of not finished yet. 
<laughs> so uh, it's gonna take us a little bit of time, and because they, they've been promoting us since like last year. Right, right. They they they've been feeding us these little clippets, you know, these little clips for for a long time, and this is like. Then for for them to tell us like oh yeah by the way it's not complete yet it's like dude what <laughs> like, I'm like come on man y'all really hyping us up before y'all even like get it done like yeah, that's that's been. crazy and I do have beef with uh, Justin Timberlake being in it just because I'm so anti Justin Timberlake but oh I didn't even know he, what uh, what part is he in it. Uh, he's one of the interviewees from one of the clips that I saw. Like, what he has to do with the Bulls' final season, I have no idea, but yeah. Justin's in there. They'll, they'll tie anything in there, you know what I mean? Somebody, like the kid who was a ball boy, like, oh, yeah, I remember giving, you know, Mike, Michael Jordan a towel one day. <laughs> <laughs> he got some swing on my sleeve. Right, I yeah. Kept it to this day. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, again, the Jordan documentary is uh, premiering next Sunday um, as of our recording of this. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it. Give us something fresh to look out sports-wise. But, you know, we are black guys who like baseball, so baseball is going to be our topic, of course. And this, no, about two weeks ago now, because we did take about a week and a half break, uh, Spike Lee took to Instagram to announce that he was actually going to post the original script that he had written for a Jackie Robinson biopic, which was extremely interesting. I haven't had the chance to read through uh, the entire script. I've just read a couple of pages, but it seemed like a really interesting, interesting approach that Spike was taking to the biopic on Jackie Robinson's life. Um, of course, you know, most of you remember that the uh, the movie 42 came out a couple years ago, which was a biopic about Jackie Robinson. Uh, but Spike was not actually included in that particular project. And where the grapevine is that he had a ton of issues with the film and what it did and did not cover about Jackie Robinson. So, you know, with all that said, Brian, like, how do you think a Jackie Robinson biopic by Spike Lee? you know, actually plays out on the on the silver screen? Um, I, I think, you know, I'm a fan of Spike Lee's uh, work, so I, I would definitely be interested in, in seeing, you know, uh, what information, if there's any new information that uh, is, is installed into this um, biopic. Um, you know, Spike does his research. I, I think when, when he's... Uh, when he's evolved, he you know he'll do his research. He'll, he'll dig deep, and uh, you know get interviews and get information. So I I definitely would be interested in seeing how this you know would turn out. Um, yeah, I'm just a fan of his work, so I, I will see it regardless, knowing that he's behind it. Yeah, you know I feel the same way, and I feel like Spike would have probably touched on a lot of the like political stuff that Jackie Robinson did that yeah. doesn't really get talked about a lot. Um, some of the book, books he's written and some of that type of stuff. And because um, I know I remember when 42 first came out, he was kind of vocal in saying how they kind of, you know, whitewashed the image of Jackie Robinson and they didn't even, you know, touch on the work that he did outside of baseball. And that the, uh, the movie was more about, you know, Branch Ricky and the decision to actually bring Jackie Robinson to the majors. So 
it would have been interesting to see how Spike, the, the approach that Spike would have taken uh, to, you know, Jackie Robinson, because he's rep Jackie. Obviously, he's from Brooklyn. So right. he's been, you know, repping Jackie Robinson for a long time in the Brooklyn Dodgers. I don't even know if he acknowledges the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> Probably not. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's he's a Brooklyn guy through and through. So I think it would have been interesting. I think we would have got a different spin. Hopefully, you know, since this has gotten out and, you know, it kind of went viral when he first dropped, you know, the information that he was going to put the script out there. You know, maybe there's a long shot that he does get to make some kind of project around Jackie Robinson, even if it's like a documentary or something like that. Yeah, hopefully somebody uh, who has good intentions, you know, will maybe pick it up and from where he left and, and, you know, and start it. (laughs) I was going to say finish it, but, you know, start it. uh, notably, and I'm not saying he's the only one or, or suggesting, but maybe like somebody like a Nick Cannon, um, who picked up uh, Dr. Sabi's uh, documentary and finished yeah. it. So uh, maybe somebody along those lines, um, you know, keep it pure, basically, and uh, and the same viewpoints as, as uh, Spike Lee had. That would be pretty dope. Yeah, I'm just interested to see who would, because I know he said in the article that I read he had um, Denzel in mind, which... Spike has Denzel in mind for everything. Everything, right. <laughs> <laughs> At this point. So, and uh, I, I think he even said that Spike, that uh, Denzel at that point said that um, he was too old to play Jackie Robinson at that point. And I'm not sure what year, you know, Spike pitched that idea to Denzel, but Denzel said he was too old to play. So I'd be interested to, to see who Spike would have chosen to actually play Jackie Robinson, you know, in the biopic. Because he's such a you know a polarizing figure, which led me to think, and I and I pose this question to you: like, if you had to you know pick a player from you know baseball history to you know portray Jackie Robinson, who who do you think you would pick for that role? I don't know, maybe like a, a God, I can't remember what he looks like. Maybe like a, uh, like McCutcheon, maybe. That would be a good pick. Maybe like McCutcheon, yeah, some somebody like. Like him, I think he I think he could pull it off. Yeah, actually, that actually would, cause like for the, I mean, just like with the skill set that Jackie Robinson had, I initially thought somebody who would be like a a Kenny Lofton type of player. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Person. And McCutcheon kind of fits that though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, they both have the the speed, the power. You know, they both got the glove in the outfield. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think a, a Kenny Kenny Lofton in the prime definitely would have done uh, justice on the silver screen. Yeah, because I don't think there's anybody else who kind of has that. Maybe a Mookie. Well, Mookie Best may not have the look, but somebody with that kind of skill set. I think McCutcheon. You might have hit the nail on the head. You might have to call Spike, man. Yeah, yeah. They cut the check. <laughs> <laughs> be a sponsor of the show. You know what I'm saying? We'll be good. <laughs> Yeah, McCutcheon might be the nail on the head. That that might be the best pick, or some maybe somebody like a uh, Andrew Jones. I mean Adam Jones, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Adam Jones too. Yeah, because he he ain't doing nothing right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but McCutcheon might be the best pick. I mean, Spike, reach out to my man. Like he got the perfect casting for you already. He gave you some producer credits, dude. Yeah, sure. some you know. <laughs> <laughs> A couple dollars on the project. 
But yeah, I think it would be super dope if uh, if Spike got the opportunity to actually pull off um, that film in some capacity. Like I said, it doesn't even have to be a feature film because, like I said, they already did Forty Two, so it it would be a little redundant to do another Jackie Robinson biopic. So maybe Spike gets to do the documentary at some point. Yeah, yeah, that'd be dope. Then we'll get that. I mean, since Netflix kind of push. Uh, She's got to have it out the door. Maybe they'll give him a second look for the doc. <laughs> right. So yeah, Spike holler at us. We would we would love to you know produce in some capacity on on the project. You know, research whatever, do interviews, whatever involves a check. You know, we're happy to help you out with brother. We are here for you. <laughs> we definitely are. And uh, just move right along. Uh, since again there's nothing really new to speak on in regards to the game of baseball we just wanted to take a look back a little bit in regards to you know players that we admire and we touched on the players that we admire a little bit in the last episode but we're going to go position by position to break down some of our favorite african-american you know players throughout the years and this week we're going to start with pitchers african-american pitchers that are playing the major leagues you know some you know, some that we thought were the best, some that are our favorites, and uh, just break down why we admire them, why we watch them, why we think they're great. Um, so I have a list of five that, you know, I wanted to go through. Um, did you have, you know, a certain number that you wanted to go through in your mind? Um, I think I'm going to just more or less just throw names out there, whether it's five or four or <laughs> whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> but you can go ahead and lead it off, though. Okay. So, you know, this first one, he's a little, you know, controversial, but he was a great pitcher for many, many years. Um, one of the very few pitchers that actually won a pitching triple crown, which is leading the league in ERA, strikeouts, and wins. And that would be my man, Dwight Dot Gooden, for mostly notable as the Mets, for the Mets, I should say. Uh, like I said, he was a triple crown winner in 1985. He led the league in ERA strikeouts and wins he also won uh three world series uh two-time k leader in major leagues and most people know him for his uh exploits let's say um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think doc Gooden is one of the great all-time pitchers man i mean i know we tell him specifically about african-american pitchers but great pitches period uh in the history of the game so, you know, what are some of your thoughts on Doc Gooden as a, you know, as one of the great pitchers of all time? Yeah, he was definitely on my list. Um, like I said, I didn't have a particular order, but he was definitely on my list. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, Doc Gooden, he, 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 he's definitely worthy of being on that list. Uh, and like you said, I think unfortunately he's more uh, noted for his off the field actions as well as his uh, pitching strengths, but. Uh, I look at it like, hey, if you can do all that with your uh, alleged substance abuse and still perform, <laughs> then, you know I mean, you got to be the GOAT. <laughs> yeah, it was just so crazy. Him and Daryl Strawberry were just like, man, they think about Daryl Strawberry and Doc Good in New York at the, at the same time, on the same team, like all that they might have, like, been doing through that era yeah and like you said they still showed up and performed like every day 
Right. Right. That's that's amazing to me. So yeah. <laughs> so we like we praise these dudes that's on PEDs, but like Doc Good and Daryl Starberry, they were on like the real real <laughs> it's still like <laughs> Doc Good still show up, strike out ten batters, Daryl Starberry show up, still hit like a home run and have a couple hits and man, this is crazy. I can't imagine how some of the stories that the two of them must have together, but they still turn out to be both, you know, all-time greats in their own uh, in their own right, I should say. Right, and didn't they? Well, at least Daryl Strawberry, I think. Didn't they do a? Uh, did they do a thirty for thirty on Doc? Or was it the Mets? Yeah, they, they, I want to. No, they did one on. Um, I wasn't Doc and Daryl. It was that. It was both of them. The, their okay. relationship. Okay. I actually should yeah. go back and watch that now. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of interested in watching that too. <laughs> so I can't get and even crazier. It was like New York at that time: Doc Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, and Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, New York was pop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Yo, sure the was uh was was mm-hmm. very eventful. <laughs> we'll say, like, to say the least. <laughs> I know them dudes are grateful. There was like no social media back then. Right. It would ate them alive. The, like social media, TMZ, all of that. Like they would have just followed the three of them around on weekends and just had all the content they would have needed. <laughs> so the next one on my list, and again, this is in no particular order. Um, there's actually a picture that a lot of people forget about and a picture I actually forgot about until I started researching the African-American pictures. Uh, and this guy... And a lot, and a hard, and excuse me, a large reason for that is that he was a closer for the vast majority of his career. He's actually third all-time in saves with 478, and that would be Mr. Lee Smith, who played for a very long time within the major leagues. And like I said, he was a closer, so closers don't typically get you know a lot of praise because a lot of people use the argument they only pitch for one inning and they only have really one job function, so to speak, and only one statistical category that even matters. Uh, but he was one of the best of all times when it came to closing out games. Uh, he held, actually still currently holds, the career saves record for two different teams, the Cubs and the Cardinals, which are two teams that have a deep history, so they're not like the the Devil Rays or like the, the Rockies, <laughs> you know, who are newer teams and really don't have the history behind them. But um yeah, Lee Smith, four-time all four-time save leader in the majors, had an 82% save percentage, is a Hall of Famer, but you know, like I said, doesn't get the credit or the uh, notoriety that I think he he deserves. So I know that he was mostly out there in the Midwest for the most of his career. Brian, you have any you know memories or you know thoughts on the career of Lee Smith? Uh, no, I think you nailed everything. Um, I, I I pretty much remember Lee Smith for his uh, St. Louis uh, Cardinals uh, stand of his career. So um, that is pretty much what I picture when I when I hear Lee Smith is him playing for the Cardinals. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I think you know closers really need to get more love. <laughs> Maybe that'll start yeah. with Rivera's uh, unanimous pick into the Hall of Fame, but. They just kind of get glossed over so much. And then I can't imagine being a black closer. So it's like, 
you'd probably totally disregard it. <laughs> yeah, and that's a lot of pressure too. Like you know, coming yeah. in to to keep the to save the game, basically keep the game uh, going. So yeah. Yeah, so as they the, as they say, you only have one job. That's literally the life of a closer. You got one job, <laughs> <laughs> and you get judged on that one job. Right. Uh, so the next one on my list is, and this is a little bit of a, a homer favorite team pick, is my man CC Sabathia. Um, I actually hadn't recognize how much he actually accomplished throughout his career until I started looking at the numbers and like reading his bio and stuff like that. Um, one thing I thought was interesting, he actually pitches and bats left-handed, but he's right-handed, which is interesting. Wow, I don't think I knew that. <laughs> I didn't know that either until like 20 minutes ago, I swear. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't know how you develop being a left-handed pitcher and batter, but be right-handed. And of course, he won, you know, World Series with, you know, my Yankees. So, like I said, this is a little bit of a homer pick. But um, he is an all-time great pitcher, and he's also the all-time leader in K's for left-handed pitches, which makes the whole left-hand, right-hand thing even more amazing in my mind. Um, won sixty percent of his games. I actually read that he uh, went to the same high school as E Forty, which is interesting. Oh, okay. Sprinkle me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> so shout out to the gay. But yeah, went to the same high school as E40. Uh, I don't, I, no, I don't think they went together. They could have gone together because E40's been like, E40's yeah, been E40. old like my whole life. I was going to say, he's, I know he's older than us because, uh, well, CeCe's like just a little bit older than me. So yeah, I feel like E40 was like 30 when I was in middle school. <laughs> Not saying that that's the case, but that's what it feels like. But um, yeah, Sabathia is one of those guys that had like a long, steady career. Uh, when you look at his stats, they don't really necessarily jump out at you if you look year by year. But when you look at the total picture, like his his numbers are among the all time greats. And of course, he had a lot of his best years out in Cleveland. And I think he spent, if I'm not mistaken, a year or two in Milwaukee as well before he joined the Yankees. And you know he dated Serena Williams for a little while, and that never hurts your case for anything in life. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> so it definitely gave him props. So I don't know what it is. Like dudes that play for the Yankees wind up just like dating like the Mount Rushmore chick somehow. I don't know. How yeah, that I wouldn't mind riding the pine just as a Yankee, just so I could be like, hey, you know, I play for the Yankees, right? <laughs> <laughs> Even if even if I never touch the field, you know I play for the Yankees, right? Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, you know Jeter's dating career is legendary. You know, A Rod obviously he's got you know J Lo now. I think he dated a couple other models and actresses in between that. So like, man, you put those pinstripes on, like even if you get the scraps from that, you know, league of women, like you, you you're doing pretty good. Yeah, especially in New York City. You're not doing too bad. Those scraps aren't bad. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely take those scraps. So. Yeah, CC Sabathia is another one on my list. Um, for this one, I went back, like, really old, not really old school, but way back in the day, uh, to a pitcher who still has the record for the lowest ERA for qualifying pitchers uh, for any single season. Uh 
3,117 strikeouts, 251 wins, two World Series, um, and all of that is uh, Mr. Bob Gibson, who is a very underrated all-time great, in my opinion. Just yes. taking a look at all of his, you know, accomplishments. Uh, most gold gloves for pitchers, uh, most National League shutouts, and like people were like afraid of him for what I've read read about him. Like he was not shy about coming high and tight on you just to get you off the plate. Yeah, no, every, everything you said. I hate. Well, I don't want to say hate. Hate's the wrong word. <laughs> Obviously, like you said, the Cardinals are very uh, rich in history, and I hate as a Reds fan <laughs> giving props to these Cardinals, but. Um, so this particular player, Bob Gibson, yes, absolutely um, deserves to be on this on this list. And, and one thing I read that was interesting about him, um, he had a quote, and it, it kind of predates, well, it doesn't kind of predate, it predates Charles Barkley's whole, I'm not a role model, because I guess a reporter asked Bob Gibson a similar question about, you know, kids looking up to him and, you know, being an example for kids. And he basically said, like, you know, why do I have to be an example for your kid? You be an example for your own kid and walk away from the reporter. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of gangster. So, <laughs> 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 so shout out to Bob Gibson for being with the smoke before we even knew what the smoke was <laughs> back in the day. And um, last on my list, um, you know, I really have an appreciation for this this particular player. Um, the more I learn about the Negro Leagues and everything that went into the Negro Leagues, unfortunately, his numbers are unverified and skewed and all messed up just because of the lack of record keeping or, you know, records being not salvageable, if I can get that out of my mouth, right? <laughs> um, just because, you know, Negro League players played in so many different leagues and played all over the country and actually all through South America. And by the time he actually reached the majors, he was a little bit up in age, so he wasn't as great. Um, but he still is a Hall of Famer, and that is uh, Mr. Satchel Page, yes. whom a lot of people believe are is one of the best pitchers to ever play baseball on any particular you know level. Um, there's so many legendary stories about Satchel Page and you know what he did, you know calling in you know the outfielders. Because he, you know, wanted to guarantee a strikeout on a guy and make a show of it, all that type of stuff. Mm. And um, you know, everything I read about this dude is just simply, you know, amazing. Um, he actually has a a, a biography out that I want to read eventually. You know, there's no time like the present since you know can't go anywhere. Right. Anyway, <laughs> I plan on checking out. But um, rounding out my list, uh, like I said, is you know Satchel Page. Um, so any thoughts about Satchel or anything that he, you know, accomplished throughout his career? Um, no, uh, he was also on my list as well. Uh, I mean, how can you not put him in your uh, top five, top three, or whatever you want to put him at? Um, just like you said, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, the record keeping wasn't um, official and things like that. But just everything that we know or heard about Satchel Page, he, he was definitely the man. And... Uh, again, deserves to be on that list. Pretty much we had like the same people. Um, the only person I had uh, on my list who I'm going to uh, put on my list would be Pedro Martinez. Um, Pedro Martinez. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like, I really, really like Pedro. Like I really like Pedro. Uh, <laughs> everything from his like cockiness to him, um, uh, just like 
I don't really hate the Yankees, but like I felt where he was coming from being a Boston fan. Like he was just, you know, like you know, he hated the Yankees. So um for him to get, you know, uh revenge and, you know, win a World Series and things like that. Like I, I, I was like, okay, I, I'm messing with Pedro, man. Uh, and he was also another person who did not fear coming in high and tight on a, on a batter uh, <laughs> at all, at all. So uh, yeah, I'm shouting out Pedro with um, his win loss records was pretty good. Uh, 219 wins to only 100 losses. Um, career, uh, ERA was a uh, 293. The the moment when um, when he uh, was "quote unquote" being attacked by uh, one of your uh, Yankees, the guy who used to wear the old war helmet, uh, and Pedro, uh, like, hey. uh, <laughs> what was his name? The bench coach. I can't think of his name now. Yeah, um, and that's unfortunate because he he was uh, he was very well known with the Yankees or whatever. But like when Pedro olayed him, I'm like, man, <laughs> Pedro is out here, and uh, yeah, Don Zimmer, that was his name. Yeah. Don yeah. Yeah, that was just like, you know, now, nah, you know, Pedro didn't hit him or anything like that. He just kind of like just tossed him like, you know, he was being charged dead and Pedro just olayed him, like stepped to the side and <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you played yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, Pedro definitely was all time great, didn't care, and there's nothing you could do about it. <laughs> because right. dude would ring up, man. I mean, I just remember stretches where he would have 10Ks, like, every start for, like, almost the whole year. Yeah. And it was like, when he went up against a team, like, you just automatically knew that was an L. Yeah, yeah, he was going to bring it. Uh, and since you brought up strikeouts, he had uh, he finished with 3,154 strikeouts. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, that's like Take into consideration, like, he played, like, for some garbage teams early in his career when he was like, he was at uh, Montreal when it was still at Expos. I was about to say yeah. Expos. But when he was in Montreal, they had like some talent on those teams, but for whatever reason, it just wasn't translating into winning until, you know, the yeah, they had the, the lockout and their season got kind of ruined. But like, I mean, early in his career, when he was like the Dodgers, you know, the Expos. And the Red Sox weren't great when he first got there, right. but he was one of those those pillar players that they brought in to turn around him, David Ortiz, uh, one or two other guys. I was going to yeah. say, it was like the, 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 uh, the implementation of the Dominicans for real. <laughs> <laughs> they put Boston on, uh, you know saying? Racist Boston. Uh, <laughs> right. Got them Dominicans on that team. They started winning. <laughs> Dominican invasion in Boston. Yeah. 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 But yeah, Pedro, yeah, Pedro was, you know, definitely should say is an all time great. I know a lot of people can't stand him because of the way that he actually <laughs> pitched. Because, uh, like you said, he wasn't afraid to come inside when you like at all. Right, right. And, and then look at you crazy, like you did something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. And if he hits you, he just hits you. And he was like, all right, cool, next batter, whatever. So, yeah, shout out to Pedro. He's done. I think he's actually a commentator somewhere, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I feel I like I've remember. seen him on TV. Yeah, one of the shows, but I, I think he would be a, a great personality. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, any other pictures you got on your I list of all time? I think. Reads? I think. 
I think that was pretty much every like like I said we had some some in common. Uh, Pedro was like the only one I, I was thinking of that you uh, didn't didn't bring up. Oh, since you had brought him up, this is a, a question on the fly. Uh, and 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 throw out another name if if you could think of one offhand. I, I know I can't at this time, but uh, in your opinion, most popular or your favorite personal um, expo player? Oh wow. Would it, um, <laughs> Yeah, I know it's kind of digging deep, and you know, considering like nobody's played there in a while. But uh, <laughs> I'll just throw out—I'll just throw out two, just because like yeah, I brought them up. So like either Pedro or like Vlad Guerrero. Uh, that is and, a and good one. I would—I'm going to just throw Vlad out there. I think Vlad. Um, I remember when I watched Vlad Guerrero, man. I, I think I probably said this like on a past podcast, but like. For him to be like country strong, like this man wore no bad gloves, <laughs> and it looked like he had like a little league, uh, like a t-ball baseball bat. The way he like would just fling that thing, <laughs> yeah. and he'll go down to his knees to go get it. You know what I'm saying? And, and and still hit a home run. So like I've I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Like the way Vlad Guerrero hit hit the ball. Yeah, I think I would have to agree with that, um, because. Yeah, Vlad was just a monster. Like, Vlad was like nothing we've never seen before. Just, like you said, swinging at the wrong pitches and swinging on stuff outside the zone and right. swinging on favorable counts. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, like, the other thing is I remember, and I don't remember, obviously, the exact dimensions, but I remember Montreal's ballpark being, like, huge mm-hmm. back in the day, and Vlad was still, like, crushing the ball out of the park up there, like on a consistent yeah. basis. So I would definitely have to go with Vlad too on that one. And I don't think like Pedro really like was at his peak when he was with the Expo. Right. And like I said, that was, for me that was like the clear um now if 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 Pedro was pitching like like he was in Boston at that point in his career, then yeah, that would be something to something to kind of battle out but yeah Pedro wasn't quite Pedro as we know him as today um in Montreal but uh you know I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Montreal Expos come back man I don't I don't know who we get rid of maybe Tampa Bay <laughs> get them out of there since their ballpark sucks anyways um yeah I sorry at one point Bay. Yeah. Well, all three, all three, yeah. y'all. <laughs> all three, y'all. Um, but I remember at one point they would like, and I don't know if this was just like a crazy idea somebody threw out there. They were actually talking about splitting the Marlins between Miami and Montreal, like having them like a dual hometown team or something crazy like that. Hmm. Just because like attendance was so horrible for the Marlins for so long, and they were like losing money. They were yeah. gonna like partner Miami with another team and have them be like a dual hometown team or something crazy like that. But the, you know, the Expos moved to DC and just won a World Series, so you know, I guess it worked out for all people involved eventually right. <laughs> in that situation. <laughs> so shout out to Macho Expo. Anytime we get a, a Expos conversation going, I think that's a good baseball conversation. Absolutely. I think they're forgotten about, at least with the, you know, the, uh, I don't know, people maybe 20 and under, probably older than that, maybe 25. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell is an expo? Like, what? Right. <laughs> I've never seen this logo before. Who, who team is this? 
for all our younger listeners that are out there, the, the Expos were a team in Montreal, Canada, that wound up moving to D.C. and becoming the Washington Nationals, as you know them today. So that's your little history lesson for the day. Um, yeah, so I don't think there's anything else to cover. Nothing else really going on. Of course, no news, no highlights, no updates. Um, none of that good stuff. Even ESPN and MLB.com. Yo, I was on, funny story, I was on ESPN.com um, looking at the MLB page just to see if there was anything, anything that we could, you know, bring up and discuss on the show. And they actually had video of this, like, I guess it was kind of like a celebrity dunk contest that had, like, <laughs> King Griffey Jr. and Deion Sanders and Barry Bonds and Michael I remember Irvin. that, now that you mentioned like, that. That's how starved they are for just anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and, hey, look, we got baseball players playing basketball. Look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually all retired. Cool. I'm playing it <laughs> Yeah, it's actually from 1992. So, wow. Yeah, it's Michael Irvin, Chris Carter, Deion Sanders, Barry Bonds, Chris uh, King Griffey Jr., and wow, Mike Conley Sr. Because he was a long jump, long jumper back in the day. Mm. And they actually have this dunk contest posted on the MLB section of ESPN.com. Interesting. These are dark times, man. Yo, uh, so today, ESPN was, uh, they're also starving for content, and they uh, were airing the 1997 Spelling Bee. <laughs> and yeah, that's 12, a classic, man. Dude, <laughs> like. <laughs> that's a classic, man. I, I, I would, I, I should have watched just to see what the actual, the last word that, like, the channel <laughs> had to spell out. <laughs> Like, is that what was popping in 97 was, you know, this word here? Yeah, man, the spelling bee, that's, that's, it was lit back then, man. But I think that's all we got for this week. As always, thank you for joining us this week. You can like, share, subscribe, comment on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, on Spotify. If you have any questions, any topics you'd like us to discuss, you can send us an email at blackguysbaseball at gmail.com. But uh, to everybody listening, you know, stay safe, stay healthy. Again, much appreciation to all of the essential uh, personnel, such as Brian, out there still going to work and making the world go as much as they can in these times. Uh, we always thank you and appreciate you and support you. Wear your gloves, get your mask, all that good stuff. Take your vitamins. Sound like Hulk Hogan right now, but take your <laughs> vitamins, get those immune systems up. Hopefully, we'll be done with all of this stuff shortly. So, anything else you want to sign off with before we say goodbye on this episode? Nah, I think we're good. Everybody stay safe out there. All right. Again, thank you guys for listening. Peace out. Peace.